Hey, how's it church family? Happy Labor Day weekend. Thanks for joining us for online church today. Uh, resting from your labor, but trusting in the finished work of Jesus. It's uh, week number two. How is your fast going? All right, this is church, no lying. Even though you may be having church right now in your car or washing dishes or in your home, in your living room. How is your prayer and fasting doing uh, if you've missed uh, a day or if you've missed, uh, you know, maybe you ate a meal or you went on social media, hey, it's okay. It's just like doing devotions. Just because you miss one day doesn't mean you try to make up for the days that you missed. Just start right, right where you're at. And that's where, that's what Jesus does for us, right? That's what God does. Right where we're at, He loves us. And uh, with that, may I encourage you with a couple things. Uh, you know, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, Hey, train yourself for godliness. Train yourself for godliness. Because prayer and fasting, it is what we call a spiritual discipline. It's uh, creating space for God to work and to move in us and through us. And training ourselves for godliness, uh, there's some Bible translation that says, discipline yourself for godliness. The word discipline there in Greek is actually gymnazo, gymnazo, gymnasium, gymnasium, right? Where we get the word gymnasium, meaning that it's a place that we discipline ourselves to keep oneself disciplined for the purpose of what? Godliness. Now, when I talk about discipline, I'm not talking about self-will and human effort. What I'm talking about discipline is that it really boils down to desire. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, discipline is choosing what you want now and what you want the most. Let me repeat that. Discipline is choosing what you want now, instant gratification, or what you want the most. Not just delayed gratification, but the object of our desire, meaning what I want now is to go in my social media. What I want now is Diet Coke or ice cream. What I want now is to have breakfast or have my coffee, whatever it is. But what I want the most is Jesus. What I want the most is to feel the pleasure of God. What I want the most is to experience uh, walking and being the beloved son and daughter of God. And, and what you want the most is Jesus, not and we seek the giver, not necessarily the gifts, right? That we seek his face, not necessarily, not necessarily his hands. So may I encourage you with that this morning? Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want the most. And we want Jesus the most in our lives. Amen? So go ahead and chat that uh, in your uh, chat box. Type that in amen and do the emoji sign, right? Or the hand prayer sign. Okay, let's go ahead and turn to our text this morning in Matthew chapter 26. We're going to be talking about watchfulness in prayer. Watchfulness in prayer. Let's go ahead and turn there now. Verse 40, and this is Jesus um, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's encouraging his disciples to uh, stay with him and be watchful in prayer. Let's turn in verse 40. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. And here's the two things, watchfulness and prayer. Verse 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watchfulness isn't really a part of our vocabulary. 
You know, Renee said in the intro that watchfulness is uh, probably a spiritual discipline that we overlook. It's not usually a part of our everyday lives. Being watchful or being vigilant isn't really required for everyday life. You know, we're pretty protected, we're pretty sheltered. We live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And watchfulness and being vigilant, especially in the everyday life, it's not something that, um, especially the mundane things, the everyday things, the chores that we do, is not something that we keep in the forefront of our minds. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, um, before Renee and I um, purchased uh, a condo in California, when we, before we moved here, a couple of years before we moved here, we uh, stayed with her parents just so that we could save up money for a down payment and get out of debt so that we could purchase our first um, home. And where Renee's parents live, they live in like the countryside of uh, California. It's in the northern part of LA County. And they lived with like, they had a horse, they had, they had horses, there was goats. Um, it was like a ranch uh, type of community, a farm type of community anyways. Um, when I, one of the first couple of nights there, I went to go take out the trash. And before I took out the trash, you know, it's like uh, all of us have taken out trash since we're little, you know, that's one of my kids' chores is taking out the trash. Taking out the trash it, it doesn't usually require vigilance or watchfulness and being paying close attention. But as before I took out the trash, the dogs in the neighborhood were going crazy. They were going nuts, right? The horse were like yaying and just making all sorts of noise. And there was all this ruckus and commotion between all the animals. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Whatever, I'm just here to take out the trash. So as I, uh, I was walking with a rubbish can and I dropped the trash bag, I closed the trash bag and something eerie just you know i started getting chicken skin i'm like what's going on and then i looked and there was a mountain lion probably around 15 maybe 20 feet away and we made eye contact <laughs> our eyes locked with each other and i don't know where i got this from but i pretended to make myself look big, <laughs> bigger than I really am. I'm a Filipino hobbit, five foot six, whoop, whoop. And I tried to make myself look big and I walked away and I heard never to lose eye contact, never turn your back on a mountain lion. And so I kept my eye contact, hands up, make myself look bigger. And I backed away straight into the house. Do you know, the Bible tells us that we have an enemy to our soul that seeks to devour us and he's roaring like a lion there's an adversary to your spirit called satan and he hates your guts john chapter 10 says that there is a thief who has come to steal to kill and to destroy and we need to be prayerfully watching and be vigilant and keeping our eyes out, our antennas up, our ears tuned in, our eyes open in the spiritual realm, in our prayer life. All throughout the Bible, in the New Testament especially, prayer and watchfulness go together like peanut butter and jelly, 
Like it goes together that there's this marriage of uh, being prayerful and being vigilant and keeping your eyes out because just like Jesus prays here, tells the disciples, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer. There's prayer. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. There's a book by Brian Hedges called Watchfulness, Recovering a Lost Spiritual Discipline, where he says watchfulness, it's not in our radar. It's not something that we think about. It's not something that's in the forefront of our minds in our everyday life to being careful and being vigilant and being aware of what's happening spiritually. And he says that it's our most neglected spiritual discipline. Well, here's the main point this morning. Would you write this down? Praying with watchfulness is being spiritually awake. Write that down, underline it, circle it. Being spiritually awake to what? To spiritual danger. What does it mean to be watching and praying? Just what Jesus told his disciples. It means not to let our guards down, not to relax on our vigilance, um, it means that we, we don't cease to be careful, that we don't become lax in our awareness spiritually of what's happening, that we don't lose our grip on being cautious. If you're a grandparent, if you're a parent, it's kind of like watching your kids, you know, as they go to the beach, right? Uh, my kids... Uh, Renee was a lifeguard for uh, many years, and especially when we go to Sandy's or, or Makapu, she's just watchful and she's attentive. She's aware of the potential dangers that come. Because you know what? Far too often, our prayers are limited to petitions and requests. Prayer has been limited to, God, I need this. God, I want this. God, do this. God, do that. And it's Asking, which there's nothing wrong with asking. Remember, ask, seek, and knock. Ask and will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. But prayer is not limited to that. Prayer requires watchfulness. You see, prayer is not a button to be pushed. Help me, God. But prayer is a relationship to be pursued. Woo, that's so good. Let me say that again. Prayer is not a button to be pushed, but it is a relationship to be pursued. And we pursue Jesus. We seek the face of God in and through prayers and watchfulness. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, I referred to this earlier. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Why? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion and what does satan want to do he is seeking someone to devour there is something in you because you are made in god's image that satan absolutely abhors there's something 
being Imago Dei, being formed, being loved by God the Creator, that Satan, the devil, absolutely detest, especially if you're redeemed, especially if you've experienced salvation. You see, misery loves company. And Satan would want nothing more than to join and waste away your life here now and destroy your life in, for all of eternity in hell. And what is watchfulness? Watchfulness is being aware and being spiritually, quote-unquote, woke, or being spiritually awakened and being spiritually aware to spiritual danger. It means when we pray, we pray the Lord's Prayer, which is what? Lead us not into temptation. So how do you pray with watchfulness? I have two points. One is concerning ourselves, the second concerning uh, God or Jesus. Number one, would you write this down? Watch ourselves with moral vigilance. Watch ourselves. As Pastor Pat mentioned uh, two weeks ago, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I didn't tell him to say that, uh, but watching yourself. Oh, now the word watching yourself uh, Grammatically, it's what we call, it's a passive voice. Or excuse me, not passive, it's a middle voice, meaning it's something that we do to ourselves. It, it's like me cutting my own hair. Like I cut my kids' hair sometimes, once in the blue moon, I get a haircut and I receive a haircut, but uh, the middle voice means it's something that you do to yourself. Nobody else could do it for you. And spiritual watchfulness means that you do it to yourself and the way that you watch is that you do so with moral vigilance, meaning that you, you and I would cry out, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14 says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Be watchful. Church, when you're at home, and we, we've done with, we're done with week one of stay-at-home order, and we're going to probably be safer at home. I don't know how long it will extend, but we watchful, especially at home, with idleness, with laziness. Don't be, don't let your guard down, but be sharp, be careful, be cautious. Why? Because there's an enemy to your soul who prowls around like a roaring lion and he's seeking to devour you. Times of idleness. The mightiest man of God, whether it's King David, a man after God's own heart, he fell and he sinned against God. How or why? Because of idleness when kings should be out going to war he's like nah i'm just gonna stay at home i'm gonna chill i'm gonna go on top of my palace and when he was there he stumbled upon bathsheba taking a bath bathsheba and from that he conspired murder committed adultery tried to cover it up because he wasn't being what watchful We've all heard of the proverbial boiling frog, right? 
but a frog, if you want to cook a frog, you just don't put in hot water, a live frog, you don't put in hot water, but what do you do? You put in lukewarm and gradually just turn up the heat. You see, the devil, Satan doesn't come around like a, with a pitchfork and with horns and a tail. What we learned from the Sermon on the Mount with false prophets, they come around like what? Like a wolf, but in sheep's clothing. The Bible says that Satan dis, um, disguises himself as an angel of, angel of light, that he is this counterfeit. Don't let the enemy lull you to sleep. Don't relax and ease up on your vigilance. Don't cease to be careful. Don't become lax in your awareness that you do have an enemy to your soul. Do not lose your grip on caution, but be on guard, be aware, be vigilant, be diligent, be intentional to follow God. Pursue righteousness. Be intentional not just to fall into sin, but to follow and love Jesus. Ralph Waldo Emerson says, Watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. Watch your character, for they become your destiny. Watch your thought life. And, you know, I was thinking about this, and I made this acronym for us so that we could easily get a handle and a grip and easily digestible. So I have an acronym for watch, right? In prayer, in prayerfulness. W stands for words. Watch the words that you say. Be careful of words like definitive words, like, you always do this. You never do that. You never listen to me. You always disrespect me. You always just ignore me. Be careful of your words. Be careful of labeling people. Oh, you're so dumb. Such an idiot. You're so rebellious. You're so disrespectful. There's a difference between you're disrespecting me right now and you are disrespectful of labeling people. Watch your words. Watch the words that you, you, you say. Oh, this sucks. This stinks. Oh, this stay-at-home, our governor or, our, you know, the way COVID is being handled, it's the worst. Be careful with our words. A is actions. Be careful of our actions. Just simple, something simple. If you're going through Facebook, right? You're going through Marketplace or, and Facebook has that suggestion. You may know this person. You're like, oh, be careful. You don't look. I was like, oh, is that my ex-boyfriend? Is that my ex-girlfriend? Is that my college crush? And you, you, you turn around, watch your actions. Watch for sexually explicit material, especially during this time. In the spirit of prayer, knowing that there's an enemy to your soul who steals to kill, who, who destroys. 
be watchful of your actions. T is be careful of your thoughts. Watch what goes on in our minds. Watch and be careful of the, the thoughts that we entertain. Watch and be careful of the attitude that you carry. C is character. You know, be careful of who you're becoming or what you're becoming. If, you, if you're feeling you're a lot more impatient and you're, and you're a lot more angry and you're a lot more depressed or sad, uh, be careful that that doesn't turn into who you are, that you're just an angry person now or a sad person or a depressed person or an impatient person. Now, you, you can have moments of anger and it's okay to be angry. The Bible says as long as you don't sin, but be careful that your thoughts and your actions become your habits and becomes your character and then you're, you're now become this angry or depressed or hurtful person. So be careful of your character. And lastly, is H is habits. Be careful of your habits because your habits um, eventually will, will sum up who you are and your character. See, the discipline of watching and being spiritually vigilant in prayer is like a home security system. An effective surveillance system includes several components, right? Like uh, security cameras or motion sensors or floodlights and electric locks and high decibel alarms. And all these components serve one purpose. It's to protect the home from dangerous intruders. In the same way, watchfulness, it embraces a variety of practice. Prayer, self-examination, meditation, accountability, they're all governed by the simple intention of keeping the heart. You know, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 says that that Paul's prayer is that our hearts become Christ's home. So it's not just that we want to keep our hearts clean and empty, but we keep it clean and empty so Christ would be comfortable with my thoughts. So Christ would be at ease with my words. So Christ, Jesus, would be at home of my actions and my habits. And this is where... Um, watchfulness comes in and prayer of lead me not in temptation lord give me strength and grace to obey lord help me to pursue and read your word so that our hearts will be clean so that christ may dwell in our hearts and lastly we'll go ahead and close with this is prayerfully watch and anticipate for christ's return not only do we watch ourselves and look inward but we look up we look upward to the return of Jesus Christ. So even though the practice of watchfulness, it requires vigilance over ourselves, ourselves and us, we are not the end goal. It must never be focused on self, that the gaze of our soul should be fixed upward, forward, 
onward to Jesus Christ. Hebrews says, Hebrews says that we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 42. Therefore, stay awake. That's the same word there in Greek, um, gregorao, all right, which means to keep watch or to keep awake. So therefore, stay awake or keep watch, for you do not know what day, what your Lord is coming. Why should we be watchful? Because we don't know when Christ is coming back. Look at the next chapter, Jesus. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. What are we supposed to watch for? We, we're, we wait we're vigilant, we're attentive, we're cautious, we're careful for what? Not only looking at ourselves, but looking outward to when Jesus Christ comes back. And for some of us, you know, what do you mean Jesus Christ is coming back? It's, for some of us, it's not even a reality. For some of us, it seems so distant or it seems so spiritual that Christ is coming back. But watchfulness and prayer go together because Jesus warns us that he's going to be returning and that we are to be prepared. Just like the parable of the ten uh, bridesmaids or the ten virgins, keep your oil ready and, and have it be full. Anticipate. Watchfulness is waiting with, with anticipation. Watchfulness is expecting with preparedness. Spiritual watchfulness is expecting with vigilance that Christ is coming back. You know, there was a U.S. Army officer um, who told of the contrast between his students during two different eras of teaching artillery in the training school at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, which is home of the field artillery for the Army. And to catch this, in 1958, between 1958 and 1960, the attitude was so lax that the instructors had a problem getting the men to stay awake to hear the lectures. Fast forward a couple years later, but between 1965 to 1967, the during those classes, the men hearing the same lectures with the same content, with the same presentation, they were alert and they took copious notes. What made the difference? They knew that in less than six weeks, they would be facing the enemy in Vietnam. Presently, there's an enemy to your soul, Satan, that wants to destroy you. But we look forward in anticipation, in preparation, because Jesus, our Savior, is returning. And he is coming back. And we are to be prepared. Revelation 16, 15 says, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen 
exposed. Let me just uh, give a little side note here. Uh, be careful and be, be watchful of Facebook theology. <laughs> um, I love my, bro my brother uh, Yeezy, uh, Kanye West. But a couple of months ago, he said, you know, I'm being cautious because they're offering a vaccine to coronavirus and it's, you know, it's the mark of the beast. Be careful of microchips because it's a, they put it in your hands. It's a sign of the beast. Um, that hand, that sign on the hand and the sign on the forehead, it goes back biblically. I need you to track with me to uh, Leviticus 13 where God told the people, hey, set aside your firstborn, right? Whether it's your actual children or donkeys or cattle, whatever it is, set them aside and consecrate them for me because this will be like, it's symbolic, it will be like a sign on your hand and a sign on your forehead. Now, the way that Revelation uses it, remember, Antichrist, the mark of the beast, the Antichrist is not necessarily um, he's against Christ. The anti there in Greek, it, the preposition, it means that he wants to replace Christ or he wants to be instead of Christ. That Satan is a counterfeit. In Revelation, there's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Revelation, there's Satan, the beast, and the false prophet. And just as the people of God are to be marked on their forehead and on their hand, forehead meaning your thought system, your, your belief system, your thought life, what, you, what your allegiance goes to in your, in your hand, it goes through like your work and your actions and what you do. All this to say is that when we're waiting for Christ's return, Christians, I need you to hear this, Christ followers, the mark of the beast is not going to be like a chip, like, oh, no, what did I do? I didn't know it was happening. It would be a very intentional renouncing of Christ and, and accepting the Antichrist or the, the, the beast. It's a receiving saints. It's a switch of allegiance. It will be something that, oh, I didn't know I did. It won't be something unintentional that you're unaware of. It will be a complete, deliberate, volitional decision to forsake Christ and to follow whether it's a government or the, whatever it is. So in our, as we close, I just want to bring us back to Revelation, uh, Colossians 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So the positive dimension of watchfulness and praying with watchfulness is that we just don't kill sin and avoid temptation, but we sit, we set, and we fix our eyes and our gaze on Christ. Our goal in keeping our hearts isn't to keep them empty, but to make room for Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith. Our goal is that our desire, what we want most is Jesus. 
so that we could pray, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. Return, O Lord God. That we shouldn't be so comfortable and so at ease and feel so at home in this world. That, there, that the, the brokenness of this world, the injustice, the things that are wrong, it should, when C.S. Lewis says, when you know and when you sense that there's, you have a longing for other things in another world, then it points that you were made for something else. And you were made to have a relationship with Christ. You were made to enjoy the pleasure of your Creator. The Bible says, in your presence there's fullness of joy, in your right hand there's pleasures forevermore. All this is offered up to us, but we need to be vigilant, we need to be careful and cautious, and we need to be alert, and we need to be prepared in our prayer. Watch over ourselves, that we pursue Christ, we pursue righteousness, and watch and look up to Christ's return. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we worship you, God, for there's none like you. Lord, we ask for forgiveness. I think if we're honest, we've gotten too lax, we've gotten too comfortable. We've kind of let our guards down, let our hair down, so to speak, and we've become uh, too at home. Lord, with the things of this world. And Father, I pray right now that you would change our hearts, that we would desire after you more than anything else. Lord, I pray that in this next, Lord, 14 days more of prayer and fasting, O oh Lord, that you would, that we would meet you. Lord, as your word says, that if we draw near to you, you would draw near unto us. So we draw near to you this morning. I pray that you, you would renew our passion for you, O oh Lord God, that we would be vigilant for your return, that we would anticipate with watchfulness and we would wait, Lord, with preparedness for your return. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen, you guys.